Welcome to the Shit Show, Dreadheads. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank you for tuning in for another brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. Joe, normally we talk some shit. We cut up. We got a lot of shit to handle before we even get to the episode yeah, this week. Absolutely. Uh, so, you, you know what? For all of you who love a little glimpse into our fucked up lives, go fuck yourselves this week. You're not getting <laughs> shit. Um, but we will go ahead. Um, let's. Oh, man. Where do we start? There's so much fucking good shit going on. Okay. Well, first off, let's start. We'll, we'll start with the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys have been absolutely crushing it. Our numbers have literally jumped up. What, Joe, like 100 to 200 additional plays per week now? Yeah. Um, and, and that's steady. No, it's crazy. Yeah. We just we keep coming close to breaking records and then breaking records and all that stuff. Y'all have shown dynamite's amount of love for the Richard Kuklinski episode, yes. the Fritz Honka episode, Armin the Armin Mays episode. Yeah. Uh, and, and going all the way back to Eileen Warnos and the Gonzalez Valenzuela Sixers, the last yeah. four or five episodes. Uh, clearly, uh, the audience is growing. Yeah. Now, again, we're we're still not we're making still any money. Surprised? Yeah. We're just like, holy shit, people actually like listening to us. Yeah. So if you think things are gonna get better or really improve, no, that's not no. what we're. That's not about. Equipment might upgrade. A location might upgrade. Well, now, now we can go ahead. We can go ahead and spoil that. We're actually gonna be moving to the other end of our house. Yep. We have a spare room. My dad, as I announced earlier, uh, for, for all of y'all, he had had open heart surgery. We have a spare bedroom here. It was kind of like an office. Turned it into his bedroom. He's been gone for a little while. His open heart surgery was fucking phenomenal. Gone. It's all good. Yep. He's doing great, but and he's not staying there, with us. No, he's not staying with us. And we was t- like kind of toying with the idea of keeping it as a spare bedroom. But like, after We don't have while, any fucking friends. No, yeah, no family wants, wants to, to visit us. With us. It took my and, dad and having his... They're on our level, though. They're on our level. We're like, fuck it. You got a clean cat. Couch. We're like it's semi clean. It's got some dog hair on it. I'm I got, down. We also have a wicked sweet queen mac- air mattress. <laughs> we spared no expense. I mean, <laughs> we went to Walmart and went to the top <laughs> shelf of air mattresses and fucking handled that. So, uh, but no. So, so we're turning that back into the office. Yep. We're getting. We actually, hopefully. This will be the last episode recorded in the current location of our house with the current equipment. We got some newish equipment, better mics, mm-hmm. better stands, better cables, all that kind of stuff. And again, more we're, insulation on sound so it doesn't sound like we're on a fucking tin can. No, no. We're going to get rid of Joe's weird, like Halloween <laughs> blue stockings <laughs> that are currently covering our mics. And uh, so I was proudly, I'm glad I got to sacrifice them, but it's all good. No, no, the the, sh- the mics we currently are operating on are so shitty that if you put a standard pop guard over them, it renders the mic useless. Uh, <laughs> it was pick up John and or and no, I at all. No, and I essentially yell the entire podcast. Yeah. So if it's not picking me up, but that's your normal volume, though. Well, yeah, after it years is. of doing loud music, like you. Yeah, I don't hear shit. That's yeah. why when we do this podcast, you wear the headphones, not me. Yeah. Because I couldn't tell if a goddamn thing. You, we could be on mute, and I wouldn't fucking know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 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 that all is happening. Um, we definitely want to kick it off. A, we've we've been talking about the store yep. and about the donation tiers. The store is up and running. You go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com. A. The Podbean player is right on there, so even if you don't have podcasting apps and things like that, no matter what kind of device you're using, there's a Podbean player. They are our host. 
and distributor and everything like that on spreadthedreadpodcast.com. But now there are it's completely revamped too. Joe finally she was done doing the website editing. Far more streamlined than what it was before. It looks fucking smashing. Uh, but there's links where you can straight like donate and shop there. The spread the dread uh, shop is open. Yes. The t-shirts and the stickers, there's going to be more We've coming. We've actually had a couple of purchases already, we already so thank have. y'all. Yes, thank yes, y'all so absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, there's and about... hopefully you guys can attest, we didn't overcharge or nothing like that. No. We try to keep things like as as, as financially effective for everybody as possible. I, personally, like I'm willing to support anybody, but the moment a t-shirt goes over 20 bucks, I'll second guess it. Okay. If you have a t-shirt for $20, I'm not factoring in uh, the shipping and shit. I'll like just click buy on on a fucking whim. Yeah. But the moment it's like twenty four ninety nine, and luckily the, the I start questioning myself. I, yeah. At that point, I'm like, well, you know, I got kids and shit. They like food, and <laughs> maybe maybe one of them's gonna make it to college. You know, I got you know. Um, but luckily, we found a great uh, supplier and everything like that, where we're gonna be able to try to keep shit uh, twenty bucks or under. Now, if you're some of our more festively plump fans, like your boy here, and you know, you need a two XL here too. 2XL or 3XL, we got you covered. I think it's like a dollar or two extra for that, but we're trying to keep stuff. We're not worried so much about the money off of it. We want y'all to have merch. Y'all have reached out. There's been tons of y'all who said, hey, I'd, oh, I'd really yeah. like some merch. Yeah. So it's more about giving y'all what y'all want. Down in the midst of fucking nursing school, I hunkered fucking down, made sure y'all had brand new, fresh fucking designs yes. for the store. And in the midst of our I'm, AC being broken. Yes. Which has been broken for like two weeks and got fixed today. Yeah. Which brings me to the other point of... Our hard nipples right now because we cranked that fucking AC down. <laughs> hey, I think you're projecting on me. My nipples are... Cutting diamonds. Mine are Mine too. are not. No, they're not. My nipples are fine. They're oh, normal. They're, I'm they're, I have the nipples of a Protestant deacon right now. <laughs> they are not sticking out. They're, fuck, they're obeying God and all of his commandments right now. They're doing fine. Are Yours like are sinning like a motherfucker right over there. Yeah. yeah. Yours are hellbound and fucking glory be. Uh, but... Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to go over. There is the donation stuff. Now, I will say this. We, we promised everyone, for those who have donated via PayPal, uh, we wanted to backfill that. Yep. However, there's a few of you. We drink a good bit. We have children, and we have jobs. If you have donated via PayPal, whether it's monthly or, one, or a one-time off, please message us on IG or spread the dread podcast at Gmail. Remind us of that fact so we know who to hook it up to, and I promise you we will backfill all of that. But you go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com. You can see all the donation tiers. We have stuff set up from what's the smallest one? Five bucks? Ten bucks? Yeah, it's like five bucks. All the way up to a hundred plus. So if you've donated money to us before, we definitely want to backfill on that. So check that out. Make sure to reach out to us. If you wanted to donate and you haven't, cause you were like, well, fuck these guys. I'd like to get something in return for it. We got your hookup motherfucker. Again, we're doing all this through PayPal, not Patreon. Patreon likes to take like 60, 70% of the shit from the people who do it. And on top of that, you kind of, you kind of go through Patreon as a way to offer limited, um, limited uh, like episodes or chats and stuff like that we don't have the we, time for that we ain't got the time for that no hell we struggle to get out a weekly no. episode it's, right it's now. amazing we're able to pump out 90 minutes a week for y'all with how fucking shitty everything is so the best we can do is give you some extra stuff shout outs merchandise letting you pick ideas and stuff i don't want to break all of it down now but go to spread or the best place social media wise to follow us on ig 
Spread the Dread Podcast. You can also check us out. Facebook, Spread the Dread Podcast. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can hit us up. Gmail, Spread the Dread Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to Joe directly at STD. What is it? STD Pod? STD Pod on Snapchat, motherfuckers. And there's my wife and partner in crime absolutely (laughs) adoring the fact that she has a Snapchat on her phone that I don't have access to. So in light of her foolish decision... (laughs) <laughs> All of you dreadheads and others have my blessing to send her whatever fucking grotesque imagery you would like to on there. Your boy's not checking it. It's all her. But we got that out of the way. We talked about the previous episodes. Y'all are killing it. All, uh, the donation tiers, again, check those out. Your donation, we don't need your money personally. It's all going to go back into the podcast. And because of great donations so far, we've gotten some brand new mics, yeah. brand new cables, and we're about to set this shit off. So, again, if you'd like to keep this up, because we're starting to get to the point now, Joe, in plays where we could start putting ads on this show. Yeah, but we hate that I don't shit. like doing it because yeah. we do this for fun. We're not trying to get fucking rich yeah. off of this. And no. I promise you, this is the episode that will bite me in the fucking ass a hundred <laughs> episodes from now when everyone's like, you bougie motherfucker, you said you wouldn't want it. And I'd be like, yes, but if I did it, they were going to give me tens of dollars and I had to do it. <laughs> But 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 legit. So we, we thank all of y'all for that. Uh, I will mention really quick in passing the five star super spreader exclusive spread the dread sticker that is only available by leaving us a five star review or better. We still have them. If you do it, you need to screenshot that shit and either give it to us on Facebook, IG, or Gmail. Uh, we actually have. A new one, and I'm, we, we owe a couple of stickers, and literally because of how fucking shitty things were with our AC I being out. I promise I will get everything. Them sent everything out is this set week. up. Everything yeah. is set we aside. We, have we just haven't fucking done yeah. it because it was hotter than fucking Satan's taint in this fucking house this weekend, and so we Y'all, just didn't get South to it. Y'all were in South Carolina in the fucking summer. Yeah, believe me. So uh, who was it? Was Dresden twenty seven thirteen? Oh, and Sherry. And we're going to get those out, but we got a new one, thankfully, and that is Mr. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to say his last name. If you don't, y'all need to cover up y'all shit if y'all don't do this. I do this show drunk. I can't help it. But uh, Ryan Watts, he also sent up a great ass review. Uh, and uh, <laughs> who? All right. So I'm seeing underneath. You know what? I, I, where is his stuff? <laughs> Where is his oh stuff? Oh, God, he's about to get called the fuck Someone, out. Someone, I got to figure it out. It may be Sherry or it could. It's not Dresden. I think it may be Sherry. And maybe I hadn't read it before. But literally, the review, five stars. The, the title is Love! Exclamation point. The review, by far my favorite STD. <laughs> and that's fucking, that's fucking perfect. Beautiful. But yeah, Ryan, well, he, he, he reached out. We got all of his. He, he, again, we, we need the screenshot. Andrew mailing address to handle that. We're getting that up. Greg Toxic, you OG fucking dreadhead who's finally getting around to wanting his free sticker because he, he means so much to us and us to him. You, you said you were going to do it. Make sure to send me that screenshot, brother, because probably within the next 24 to 48 hours. Actually, if you're listening to this, it's maybe too late. It's like the Drake album. If you're listening to this, it's already too late. Uh, get it to us so we can get your uh, dread, uh, your sticker out as well. But I do want to give one uh, shot. Hey. I want to give a shout out to our boy Fried Guy, Mr. Sizzler. So he's talking about he can't wait to order shirts. But I do want to say real quick, brother, congratulations on the new job. 
He was telling me he's very excited about it. Dude, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Yeah, and of dude. course, we hope it goes great because you've already promised me you're going to spend money on T-shirts. <laughs> so I hope this is the job you work until you die. But for real, Fried Guy, big ups to yeah. it and congrats on it. And we have a newest member of the Dreadhead family, Miss Alina Lorenz. I'm not going to give you her other shit. Uh, her name sounds sexy. Her picture's pretty, but I can't tell if she's over 18 or not, so I'm going to drop it right there and there. Um <laughs> But, uh, she, but, but exactly. Uh, but she said, Hey, just found you guys, and I love it so far. Your shows are great. Uh, I've only listened to a couple episodes far, and I'm hooked. And I told her, Welcome to the shit show, little lady. So, shout out to everybody. We try to do that, um, and let everyone know. Uh, let's see here. I think that's it for the shout outs. Oh, but on to the promo swap. Now, Joe, we're, we're getting to that area, so let's do it concise, but I want you to take it over. Real quick, the promo swap this week is, what's it about? All our friends are dead. Yes. The brand new indie, what is sure to be massive project <laughs> from director Ricky Glore. Uh, you can check him out on IG at Glore Ricky. It's his name backwards, dreadheads. I know for a lot of y'all, that just fucking blew your mind. You're drunk. You're high. Some of you probably do meth. I get it. Just, just, just press the back button. Listen to it. His name is Ricky Glore. You can follow him on IG at Glore Ricky. It's different. It's Gore with an L after the G. Ricky, he's an amazing guy. Now, we've been backing him from early on. We found out about it. Yeah, yeah. He's a very yeah, we talented. We indie movies. Yes. And when we saw his Kickstarter, we're like, we, we threw money at it. And then he had another thing come up. Oh, so, so Dreadheads, yes. I don't know if you've seen the post. Me and Joe have fulfilled a bucket list. Some couples... You know, they, they want to, I don't know, they, they want to... Go Hawaii together. They want to do stuff. No, me yeah. and Joe, have we are a lover of horror movies, so we, Ricky put up, after he exceeded his Kickstarter goals, which the Kickstarter is still open, by the way, it's a long Get thing, but if you, if you go to Kickstarter and check out, the name of the movie is All Your Friends Are Dead. There's still a tier where you can donate and actually get a physical Blu-ray copy of this, which you're going to want to do, yeah. because all of his shit hits all... His well, his stuff always hits the film, the the the, the film uh, festival circuits and stuff yeah. like that. He's doing a limited run on this. If you're a horror movie collector like us, you're gonna want the physical media, and you are going to want it even more because why, Joe? Because you and I are getting fucking killed in this movie. Yes, we are. He <laughs> once he exceeded his goals, he opened up a couple of higher tiers. One, uh, some for four associate producers, I think. A few of those may be left. But he had a thing where he was going to kill two people in the credit scene. Me and Joe were two people. We, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, because, again, we had already donated, so we got the email the moment it hit. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we bought it out. So if any of y'all are wanting to get killed on camera, go fuck yourselves yeah. and tell your we kids they can it, cry. We got it. We can't wait. And I'm not going to give away too many details. And I really think we should get Ricky on here and do, like, a quick – it was just five to ten minute interview, yep. not a normal episode, but just, you know, just to highlight it and stuff like that. Uh, there's going to be a mid-credit kill where Joe and I are actually going to be playing ourselves, <laughs> doing an episode of Spread the Dread podcast when we get fucking murked. And he has promised us that it is going to be a fucking bloodbath. We cannot fucking wait. Yeah. This is like bucket list shit right here. Like, yeah. this is like, we can't fucking tell you how proud and fucking... Happy we are. We've been mind blown and drinking ever since because we've been so happy. <laughs> but I do want to roll the quick, it's a two-minute Kickstarter promo 
before all your friends are dead, give him some airtime. You need, even if you're not going to donate, which you should. If you can't donate, we get it. Everybody's got their thing. Definitely give him a follow on IG at Ricky. He's on Twitter. We're not, but I forget what it is. But if you check him out, or you can even Google him, Ricky Glore, G-L-O-R-E. Connect with him. He is the, he's a future of fucking horror movie filmmaking. And here's the promo for his upcoming movie, All Your Friends Are Dead, that's going to feature me and Joe getting fucking fucked up in it. Listen carefully, dreadheads. What if The Breakfast Club grew up to be the big chill and went camping in a Friday the 13th movie? Like it or not, we're not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Ricky Glore. And I'm Nick Hyans. And we're the writers and co-directors of the upcoming indie horror film, currently in production, All Your Friends Are Dead. A large portion of the movie has already been filmed with a fantastic cast and contains some gruesome gore, created by our awesome special effects team. But we need your help to get the film completed. Our minimum goal is $5,000. But we hope to get more than that so we can complete this film in the best way possible. Your donation and support will go towards production cost, additional scenes, post-production, and some even more gnarly kills not seen in the trailer. To show you our gratitude, we are offering you three perks to choose from. For $20, you're going to get a social media shout-out. For $50, you get that shout-out as well as your name at the end of the credits. And for $80, bucks, you get that shout-out, name in the credits, and an exclusive to only 100 copies of a Blu-ray of All Your Friends Are Dead. That's right. You get behind-the-scenes footage, deleted scenes, and a commentary track that will only be on... That was the Kickstarter promo for the upcoming amazing indie movie, All Your Friends Are Dead. He's already hit his goal. He's putting stretch goals in now. He's going to make it better. Again, he put in the stretch goals of associate producers on death mid-credit screens, which me and your girl Joe have already fucking claimed. So you definitely want to get over there. Give him some money. If you can, if you can go for that Blu-ray tier, that's going to be the one because and you're going to have And that's the fiz- only way yeah. you're going to actually see us getting killed on screen before October of 2022. Yeah, yeah. This thing's going to, he's going to be done filming it. We're probably going to be up there in the next month or two yeah. or whatever. Um, and then, Don't of worry, course. We'll sneak some pictures in. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then, it's, of course, he's going to do his film festival yeah. circuit and stuff like that. But yes, that is All Your Friends Are Dead. Coming to you from Ricky Glore, a great friend of this podcast and a genuinely fantastic filmmaker and a genuinely nice-ass dude, which most people who want to murder people on camera are. Yeah, well, murder for profit. If they're doing it as a (laughs) hobby... If they're doing it as a hobby, that's a snuff secretively. Film, that's a snuff filmmaker, and he or she or they are either or neither nor are not your friend. Now, Joe, I said we weren't going to drag ass and talk personal, but of course yeah. I'm drinking, and that was a complete lie. But let's finally 
get yes. into the episode. This week, we are covering Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, the Miranda Tape murders. Now, uh... You know what, let's just, let's just, I don't even want to preface anything on this. Most of y'all, if you're into true crime, probably should know about these two. Um, but, you know, they, they're not the most famous out there. Certainly not. And I think that, you know, this is, this is, everyone brace yourselves. Now, now you guys are used to hearing about our fucked up shit, but y'all know <laughs> we're completely innocent, drunken parents of two uh that the society has deemed fit to let joe eventually be in an er working on people and i work for a fortune 500 company so thanks america however uh this 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 was a tough ass episode there's some fucked up shit going on with them but as true dreadheads that we are and you are we're gonna plow right in this motherfucker joe lay down that beautiful bio like you always do for us all right so basic stats Leonard Thomas Lakes was born October 29, 1945. He died June 6, 1985. Now, Charles Ng was born December 24, 1960, and he's currently still alive, serving his sentence in San Quentin State Prison. He's currently 60 years old, waiting on his death sentence. Wow. Now, combined, there were 11 confirmed victims. But there were at least 25 suspected victims. We're doing this while drinking. I'm going to guess Joe. Joe took the notes this week. I've yeah. been handling notes for a good while. So this one's going to be far better researched than anything because oh. Joe took over. She actually <laughs> had a little bit of a lull in school for a few days where she could handle it. And I was wicked busy for fucking once. No, fuck uh, you. I, I got ahead and I'm in uh, like a fucking B student in both my fucking classes. So I, I took the time. B for badass <laughs> bitch. Yeah. BB. Uh, so, uh, you may, I saw in the title of our notes, she put it as Leonard Lakes <laughs> with an S. I know. Leonard had one lake, not multiples. <laughs> uh, but then the very next line, it says Leonard Lake, and then right under that, it says Lakes. So, if you hear Joe say Lakes, <laughs> just imagine it's not a spelling error so much as it is her slurring from the very high fucking intensity IPAs we're drinking tonight. Yeah, we switched up tonight. We, we're doing high IPAs and not vodka. She posted it on Instagram, so if this episode's not as much, do like everyone's done the past four years. Blame it on Russia. <laughs> uh, anyway, Joe, we, we've talked about the bio. We're going to break this down like we did when we did Dimitri and Natalia Bakshiv. Uh, we're going to tell you about Rose. Leonard. huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, and Fred and, and Rose, Rose West. Yep. We're going to have to... We're gonna have to do the. In, we're gonna have to talk about each one as an individual before they came together as a pair. Yeah. So Joe, let's kick it off and let's well not kick it off, but let's get back into it and l- break down some stuff about Leonard Lake. Okay. So Leonard Lake, his early life, he was born in San Francisco. Uh, he was actually six years old when his parents decided they were gonna divorce, and he moved in with his maternal grandmother with his siblings. Now he was described as being bright. And he did great in school. He was highly communicative. Uh, communicative. Yeah, I think that's correct. Communicative. <laughs> but he enjoyed habitually taking nude photos of his sisters. Which is the style at the time, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how San, San Francisco is a weird fucking city. Yeah. And if that bastion of hippie gloriness could turn on a sadistic monster like Leonard Lake, of course incest would be involved <laughs> as well, or at least photographic incest. But he supposedly, you know, he reportedly said his grandmother encouraged him taking pictures of his sisters, which is fucking weird. But, well, you know, family, this, you know, follow your dreams, <laughs> you know. 
But if you aim for the stars and you fail, you'll land in a cloud, Joe. That's what Leonard Lake was trying to do. You might have a really successful career one day in pornography. A cloud of incest photographic pornography. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you what. You go tour around YouPorn or Pornhub right now. That's the fucking thing. Don't you dirty motherfuckers out there. I know my dreadhead people. I'm not saying you enjoy it, but don't tell me you're not aware of this weird-ass pseudo-incest shit. And you probably like, shouldn't break into either one of our search history. <laughs> no, I don't like it. It really, I just see the titles and I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm like why? Like, fucking why? Like, believe me, I've went to the depths of depravity. I go there, believe me, I, I'm, ugh. You're a 21st century boy. (laughs) I am in, I don't like to say late 30s, but by the time my birthday rolls over next year, categorically, I will be lying if I don't say I'm in my late 30s. So I'm just going to say, I've been around the block, seen some fucked up shit. I have pleasured myself to fucked up shit. But I'm going to tell you what, the incest angle is really fucked up. I'm I'm not here to judge. When... Spread the dread doesn't drudge. We spread dread, not judgment. But if you're out there looking for incest porn, you know, I'm, Michael Jordan, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> um, so this obviously kicked off his uh, pornography uh, obsession. And it began, ext- he actually reportedly began extorting his sisters for sexual acts because of these pictures. God damn. And at this point in his life, he was collecting and killing mice by attempting to dissolve them in household chemicals. What the fuck? Pre- premonition, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Make that. Make a little mental note there. Just like a little, a little. Hey, <laughs> remember that. I know you're cracked out and high out of your fucking gourds right now and drunk, but just remember that. I. That's fucked up. Honestly, we, we've we've talked about some people. Obviously, a ton of serial killers. It's it's kind of in the unwritten rule that one of the first things they start doing is fucking with animals. Yeah. But mice, that's kind of a new one. There's like the, that what, that movie from like the 70s and they remade it in the late 90s, early 2000s, the Crispin Glover, the Willard movie. But he, he wasn't killing the mice. They were like at his command and he was doing that. <laughs> Leonard, this is not it. No, Leonard no. Lake was like, I command you to die <laughs> in dissolving, you know, like, you know, that's fucked up, though. That's really fucked up. So I guess he got bored with that. So in, 19, in 1964, um, Lake's Lake. God damn it, I did it. I, I warned everyone <laughs> just in case. Lake. Lake. Leonard Lake. Leonard Lake. He owned a lake, not yeah. lakes. Yeah, he joined the U.S. Marine Corps. Tired of killing for pleasure, let's kill for country. Yep. Did two tours in Vietnam as a radar electronics technician. I'm going to say this. Me and you support I got two older brothers. They're both part of the armed services. The armed services would never let me anywhere near it. I'm too... You can look at me and tell I'm not fit. (laughs) I'm not fit to defend or anything or represent a country. But both my brothers, God bless them. I don't agree with a lot of shit with the military, but fucking A, I'm American. I love our fucking troops. I just don't like people in charge of them. But... As any good American can admit, the, literally, the moment you find out that a serial killer, they're like, oh, he served in Vietnam, everybody collectively goes, ha-ha, ha <laughs> That's why you're fucked. I don't, you know what, the, him dissolving, like, mice in, like, Clorox, yeah, you know, that worries me. That's a problem. But then you're like, oh, he did two tours in Vietnam? That's what did it right there. Over the edge right there. It wasn't the mice. 
It was the fucking Vietnam shit. Yeah. It was the whispers in the fucking tree line that yeah. fucking got him. Yeah. No, so he did those two tours in Vietnam. And, but while he was doing those tours, he was diagnosed with SPD after a delusional breakdown in Da Nang. So what and is what, SPD? Because we know what an STD is. <laughs> it's a burning sensation in your groin. And or it's your also ears. your favorite fucking podcast <laughs> in the fucking world. But what's SPD, Joe? Okay, so that's actually schizoid personality disorder. All right, here um, comes your BA in psychology and your current BS. thing in nursing. Sorry, I have a BA. So I and I liked it and I cheated to get mine from an online university. So every time I say that it's a Freudian slip to try to put you on my level, which is not true. But okay, you're BS in psychology. Yeah. So yeah, explain schizoid. Per, is that got something to do with schizophrenia? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, it's uh, characterized by stilted speech, which means like a rehearsed, almost like condescending sounding way of talking about yourself, like over pronunciation. So he's and- like upper management at all of your jobs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Never did your job, doesn't know what the he's fucking the entails, Chris but thinks he's Chan. better. Like, you know how, like, Chris oh, Chan talks? Oh, no. We're not yeah. bringing Chris Chan yeah. on here. Yeah, so Chris Chan, you know, he, he's like... Don't break a, down Chris Chan. That, no, no, that no, might no. be a future spread of the dread if shit pans out I the know, way right. it's looking. I know, but literally, if you look at Chris Chan, it doesn't matter what video you click on. Um, He has, like, high-functioning autism. And the way he kind of comes off and how he pronunciates and the, his vocabulary selection makes him come off as, like trying to reach a little bit further than what his um, comprehension does. He can sometimes even sound condescending, and that's so a characteristic. So upper, uh, upper management. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. Anybody who's getting paid more than you and doesn't know what the fuck you're doing at your dreadheads, I'm there. Yeah. I work in corporate America. We've I'm had right them. With you. We've had them. God right damn, we've had them. All right, but so- yeah, that's, that's considered stilted speech. Um, he actually also had a very detailed fantasy world, but he also lacked the ability, uh, ability to tolerate requirements of relationships. That means that he had lacked the capability of being empathetic towards ah. somebody he was in a relationship with. He couldn't understand why somebody needed more of his time. He couldn't understand why this person needed more physical interaction or less physical reaction or didn't need him choking them. He just didn't understand it. I don't know why when we have <laughs> anal sex, you think you need lube. Yeah, exactly. I am telling you, you don't, and that should be all you need to know. I've never had unlubed anal sex. <laughs> Now, I'm speaking as Leonard Lake. Your boy here throws down. You know John's a fucking weirdo. So if you don't think I've... Too much If you don't think I've had lubed and unlubed anal functionalities (laughs) and interactive experiences, go go listen to Joe Rogan. Receiving or giving, but yeah. I I had no reason to specify, and I think everyone listening knew that. Continue on because I'm not torturing mice and killing motherfuckers. <laughs> no, you're your, not. Your boy's just enjoying 21st century <laughs> sexual liberation. Fuck you if you fucking mad. <laughs> um, Casey, I know you ain't mad, baby. You on my side, <laughs> even though we're on different sides of the fence. <laughs> uh-huh. um, he had very idiosyncratic uh, viewpoints on morality and politics. Now, again... So what does that mean? I've often heard the word like idiosyncratic, but like I'm not asking for a definition. Like how how does that relate it's, to shit? It honestly just means irregular. It really does. It means it's it's it doesn't have any kind of like basis in fact. It's just really fucking weird. Okay, like, but it makes complete to- sense to him, right? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because of his own personal schemas, okay. the shit he's gone through makes him feel a certain way 
about what his moral and political viewpoints are. Gotcha. And he is a type because he have that he has that stilted speech to kind of talk down at other people who maybe opposed his views. So you're not going to get in a good debate with this motherfucker. No. Okay. No, you're a moron the moment that you, you even try to go against him. And even if you have founded fucking points. He's not uh, going to see it that way. No, he, he has you're a compl- the fucking he has, asshole, and he's he's ready to fucking slit your throat. Right, he's he has his own worldview, and yep. there is nothing you're not going to talk him out of it. It's it's all a matter of how much of his worldview do you accept, or how much of an enemy you are to his worldview. Absolutely, okay, gotcha. yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said before, you know, he lacked that empathy, uh, empathy for others, and he was really secretive about, you know, certain aspects of himself, and that made him emotionally cold, and he loved his isolation. Now, after his diagnosis, you know, while he was in Vietnam, he was medically discharged from the Marine Corps in 1971. At this time, he decided, hey, I'm going to try college out. And he did a, did a semester <laughs> at San Jose State University, but dropped out. Probably because he's like, I, oh, know, I know more everything. than these teachers. Yep. yep. yep I exactly. should be teaching, not learning. An overinflated sense of fucking self, guys. This is really what it breaks down to. Now, um, he was obsessed with the hippie culture because obviously that was predominant at this time. He probably thought he was above showers. <laughs> um, he moved to San Francisco to join a commune. So in 75, he married a commune member. Whoa, really? Yeah. The, okay. It was quickly dissolved after she learned that Lake was appearing in amateur porn. Now, if you've, see, if you've seen a picture <laughs> of Leonard Lake, you will understand that no matter what time period of American pornography, he had the body and appearance of a, at best, mediocre amateur, <laughs> capital A, porn star. And not getting paid for it because, no. you know, that's the type of guy that just shows up and is like, I got the condoms, let's do it. That's the kind of guy that shows up and, like, the girl that's there immediately goes, you slide no. an extra 50 to me or I'm fucking leaving now. <laughs> And, you know, so, yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, yeah, but um, he was also very much into, I, no, surprise, surprise, uh, sadomasochism and bondage pornos, yeah. which probably meant, well, I don't want to say that because I don't mean, if you look at Leonard Lake, Leonard Lake He was looks, never on the receiving end, so you can say it. He, he looks he like he had a small dick. Oh. This is like a small dick. And I'm, if you're into sado and shit like that, I'm not judging or saying anyone's in it. But literally, like, look at every picture of Leonard Lake, and especially if you can go and watch the few clips that are out there. We didn't include any audio on this. We usually don't do that when the audio and or video is readily available. Yeah. You can find the, the five to seven minutes of actually officially leaked, and, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, like videos from Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, and I'm telling you, that is nothing but micro penis energy flowing from this motherfucker. And if that hit a nerve on you, I'm sorry you and your micro penis have so much in common with them. Fucking, I don't know, man. Just fucking get over it. But yeah, he's all the sadomasochism and bondage porns. But I guess also, too, Joe, that would definitely conflate with his vision of him being a a superior human yeah his he's above others he thinks outside the box where others don't he sees the bigger picture and they don't yeah no it's, it's an over 
inflated sense of fucking self. No, which, absolutely. Which, which brings us now, Joe, to 1975. Yeah, so from 75 to 1983, he rented the Greenfield Ranch, was which was an isolated 5,600 fucking acre property. And it was what they considered like back to the land. So like he was off the grid. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's an off the grid kind of guy as well. Um, this, uh, during this point in time, is when he met and married Clara Lynn, quote unquote, Cricket. Balasis. So this is now his second marriage. Second marriage. Okay. The first one was already dissolved. Now he partook, in, or she partook in Lake's fantasies. And I, hey, hey, it was actually supposed to be plural there. Just saying. I wanna. <laughs> what, what, what? What's your fantasy? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, he, he he found he found the female Leonard Lake. Basically. Yeah, essentially for a period of time, and she appeared in many of Lake's pornos. Um, but due to his paranoia of an impending nuclear holocaust. He began building a bunker. Which was the style at the time. On a rented fucking property. And that's the reason why the owner halted the fucking construction. So now, Joe, with that, we've kind of reached the point in the Leonard Lake story where he's about to collide with Charles Ng. So now, let's... Let's hop into our DeLoreans. Let's head back to the fucking past future or whatever the fuck we want to call it. I'm drinking. It's fine. Now, Joe, bring us up to speed on Charles Ng, Leonard Lake's future partner. Yes. So, Charles Ng, he was born in British Hong Kong, and he was the youngest of three children. His father was a wealthy executive, and his mother was a stay-at-home mom slash wife. His father was reportedly very abusive, um, very much a disciplinarian. Wait, and, and, and... An overbearing Asian father? Who is wealthy and, and successful, really? You know what? Surprise, that's racism. Surprise. That's racism. It can't possibly be true, Joe. Go ahead with your racist facts. <laughs> so from 1973 to 1975, Aang was expelled from numerous schools. This and I, kid and I will could say, not stay in a fucking school. And I will say, everyone keep this in mind because they, they are partners, but there's a 15-year age gap between these guys. Lake was born in 45. Ing was born in 60. We're going to get to how they met up. But if you're some of these dates, you're like, oh, that no, no, no. Ing was 15 years junior to Leonard Lake. So, yeah. so just keep that in mind when you're hearing these dates. I know all of you guys are fucking coked up. You're drunk. You, I, but but it's, we're bringing it, baby. The train is going to hop right back on the track as Joe keeps going. Now, at the age of 15, he was arrested for stealing, which please remember that, was, and he ended up being sent to Bentham Grammar School, a boarding school in North Yorkshire, England. He was expelled shortly after arrival for stealing from his schoolmates and returned to Hong Kong. So wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm also drinking, uh-huh. like, like everybody in our audience. <laughs> so he stole, got sent to a uh, school to like kind of fucking straighten him out, then stole at that school, and they said, fuck this kid, he's on his own. Mm-hmm. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Continue with the facts. <laughs> in 1978, he moved to the U.S. on a student visa. Thank you, U.S. government. You know what happened? They got, they got, they got it, and they saw that last name, saw he was Asian, yeah. and they went, "Well, fuck his criminal history." We, we, we there's oh, math equations we can't solve. On top of that racist, uh, racial uh, statement, he was study. He wanted to study biology. At College of Notre Dame in Belmont, California. Which probably blew everyone's minds over the fact that he was trying to, he was, you want to study plants and not numbers? 
You do know that we call our factories plants here, and we could definitely use someone who can calculate and do all kinds of equations to make the white people here and, you know, and others work a little bit more proficiently, Mr. Ng. But it's like fucking deja vu. He dropped out after only one semester. Do you, now, there's not as much on Ng, at least in the notes, and, and I, you take very thorough notes, so I'm going to guess that they're just, he didn't have the storied history of Leonard Lake with the Vietnam service and the amateur porn and marrying hippie brides and yada yada. But did he kind of have that self-aggrandized view of himself? That, oh, absolutely. That, that Holden Caulfield catcher in the rye, I'm above the fucking phonies kind of shit? Yeah. Which you I love, can, I love honestly, that book, you, but Holden you, Caulfield was a fucking twat. But you can honestly tell by his actions, his upbringing, his, his capability of having, like, you know, he, he, he honestly, if he just wouldn't have fucked up and he inherited. Had the world, he, he was born with the tiger yeah, by the tail. Yeah, no, he, he himself was like, fuck it, I, I, I want to steal that, so I'm going to take it. Oh, my schoolmate has that, and I got it. I'm gonna take it. I'm Charles Ng, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. All so right, an o- overinflated sense of self. And this is how he eventually ends up befriending a 15 year his senior former hippie pornographic. <laughs> I now live off the grid on a 5600 5, acre ranch, Char- Leonard Lake. And it also brings us into the fact that in October of 1990 or 1979, he was involved in a hit and run accident. And he joined the Marine Corps to avoid prosecution. See, now I'm going to say this because everybody knows me as the voice of being the shithead on the show. You're Asian. You're half Asian. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this, this, this Asian man, he didn't drive well. <laughs> and he hit, some, he hit someone with his car and decided that Surprise, fuck, and decided, fuck this, I'll join the car. And I no, love the fact no. that our armed forces was like, don't worry about your outstanding warrants. Yeah, we'll give you a gun. Come on. No, I'm going to feed into the stereotype. Please do so yes. I don't look yeah, as bad. Yeah, no, no, no. My mother did not get her fucking license until she was 59 years old. I rode the very with your first mother. Time your mother merging, you- your mother merging <laughs> onto a six, a six lane highway. Oh my God. Was did one not of the, even look I have never, since being a teenager, I've never came closer to believing in Jesus, God, and everyone else. Until she merged without a turn signal, without looking in any of her rear-facing mirrors, and all I did while I was spread out in the backseat of her Suzuki, like no, Spider-Man. Mer- my dad's old-school diesel Mercedes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I was spread out in the backseat of that like Spider-Man trying to cling to a wall, all four fucking hands and feet trying to get fucking make sure I held on as a cacophony. Look it up. A cacophonous plethora of car horns rang out behind us as she cut onto this road. Plus I've never that semi truck. I've never oh felt more God. racially insensitive towards Asian people and their driving until that moment. Oh my but, God. But I digress because we dreadheads are of all race oriented, <laughs> uh, sexual orientation, age groups. So you guys know me. We'll leave it at that. But uh, but continue. So he joins the Marine Corps to avoid the prosecution uh, and, and actually use falsified documents to enlist. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just to avoid this prosecution. In early 1980, the military police end up arresting Ying for stealing automatic Jesus. weapons. From the base's armory. And he, Klepto. Yeah, exactly. So he escaped custody and he found refuge in Northern California where he met Leonard Lake. 
So now we come to the part of the story where these fucking monsters, 15 years separated, have now fucking met. Uh, now, they met each other through an advertisement. I mean, dude, I mean, advertisements back in the day were for every fucking thing. Newspapers did not give a fuck. They would no. run it. It was ad space. Magazines bring that didn't shit. matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. So they met each other through an advertisement. Sorry, I had a beer burp right there, but I hit it off mic, and you, <laughs> fuck you if you wanted to hear it. Eh, that's extra. Uh, uh, through an advertisement that Lake placed in a Wargamer magazine. Um, so they, they actually ended up sharing a trailer in Ukiah, California. Now, we're, again, we're talking upstate California. That's the, that's the part of California no one thinks about. Everybody you know. thinks, oh, San Fran, Los Angeles, maybe San Jose. You know, <laughs> y'all are all thinking like mid-ish. And south, there's a lot of fucking California past that up yeah. north when you're heading into fucking Absolutely. Oregon yep. and Washington. Uh, in 1982, the trailer was raided. Uh, they seized a hefty stash of weapons and explosives. Uh, that's a fucking warning sign. Lake was released on bond because it was the early 80s and everyone was still doing a lot of coke. Uh, he ended up jumping bail and hid in a remote cabin in Calaveras County, California, that was owned by his wife, Cricket. Now, Ng uh, was in Marine custody, actually pled guilty to the theft and desertion charges, and served uh, 18 months, and then was finally dishonorably discharged. Uh, in 1983, Joe, Cricket and Leonard divorced, but they still remained friends, because how why everything not, we've said so much at this point, why would you not want Leonard Lake as a goddamn friend? <laughs> if you've it's let better him, be a friend than an enemy. Well, I mean, he fucked you, you know, and she's sitting there busting that thing open for his fucking goobery ass. And so, you know, that just speaks volumes about her. Uh, in 1984, Joe, Ing was released from Leavenworth prison. Now, if you know a little bit about your prisons, that ain't mm-hmm. no prison to fuck with. So, you know, I don't know. He, he may have got his shit pushed in. I don't know. <laughs> but he moved back in with Lake at the Calaveras County cabin that he was staying in. Again, we got a seize all over the place. It was a Calaveras County cabin that was owned by Cricket. <laughs> uh, Lake, had at this point, had already started to construct his dungeon beside the cabin in Calaveras County that was owned by Cricket. So now, Dreadheads, we've gotten your least favorite part of shit out of the way. <laughs> the shit where we find out that these monsters are actually humans and what led them to it. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We're getting down. We, we, we've been fucking spreading it. Murderers. Now we're at the Dread. Let's yes. talk about the fucking murders, Joe. Lakes out of jail. Crickets out of the way. They got a Calaveras County cabin. Which is sounds really toity. You can find the pictures online. It looked like a shithole. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah. So let, now Lake and Ing are back together. BFFs to the motherfucking <laughs> end. They're back together. What starts happening, Joe? Because Leonard just finished the dungeon. Yeah. He's got the dungeon all prepped for when Ing gets out. He's ready now. They're together. Perfect fucking storm. Okay. So this is where the research gets wonky. So I'm just gonna go. Eat- chronologically through it well, now, and i will always say you y'all know y'all know we're a, we're a couple of drunken fucking idiots we love this but we we get we compliments. do our research we get compliments sober. all the fucking time because yeah we do our research we, we clearly joe either takes her notes drunk 
or dyslexic and puts S's at the end of lake. Very dyslexic. Yeah, but but y'all know, I'm like coping, I'm telling you, we, we, we give y'all no the judgment. best. We we give y'all the fucking research. We ain't like your other shithead podcasts out there that make fun of serial killers. That's why the dread is on the fucking rise and they're on the fucking fall. And if y'all got beef, bring that shit, bro. <laughs> I ain't lying. We're different. <laughs> So I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. All right, go ahead. Now, now I'm, exactly I'm getting, where you're going I'm getting out away from the mic, Joe. Let's let's keep it going. Now, supposedly, Lake and Ng targeted women, although there were only three me- women who were ever linked to the actual uh, victims. That's not a good thing, people. Uh huh. They never hesitated to kill children and men. Nope. Women were held in the uh, in the bunker, tied up. Tortured and raped. But Lake and Ng videotaped their escapades. That's why we called this the Miranda Tapes, Tapes. Murderers. Yes. yes. They also lured men with promises of work to rob them. Men were strangled or shot, buried in shallow graves around the dungeon. Evidence shows that some were dismembered, burned, and remains were scattered around the property. But Lake would use these men's identities as aliases. So he always had a reason for bringing these men there. Like, okay, I want their money. They kind of look like me. I'm going to take their identities. Well, and that's what makes Ng and Lake uh, really different from most serial killers. Because most serial killers have a modus operandi, an yeah. MO. They have something that just when somebody checks off a certain amount of boxes, they're almost uncontrollable with what they have to do. Mm-hmm. But not, not Lake and Ng. They... They, I don't, well, when it came to women, it was all about sexual uh, mastery and subversion, but they were more than willing to abduct an entire family to get the woman. A, the guy at that time, I'm not being sexist, oh, we can get cash and IDs and shit off of him, we'll fucking get rid of the kids and all that other stuff. They, they, when it came to actually killing, there was no MO. It was all for furthering their- Opportunistic. Exactly. It was only opportunistic. Exactly. Yeah, no, yes. At, at the root of it, all of it. So on May twenty second, nineteen eighty three, before Ing was even moved in, so I so he was so that. he was either still in Leavenworth or was out and hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. So in May second, nineteen eighty three, Lake killed his best man. Charles. Is this is this is this from the cricket wedding? No. Previous. Oh, the one prior to that, the hippie wedding. Yes. Oh, okay. Char- Charles Gunner. And he did that to steal his money and identity. On July 1983, before Ing Still, again yeah, had not moved in, well, yeah, Ing- Lake killed his brother Donald Lake to steal his money. Yeah, don't forget, because, yeah, these are two murders. Ing was still in Leavenworth. I just went back. Ing didn't get out of Leavenworth until 84. Yep. So, yeah, Lake was doing all this shit kind of almost in a preparation, getting some shit set up. I got extra identities. I got a few. I got some money. And no women were involved. Exactly. Exactly. He saw an opportunity. He was like, fucking, look, fuck him over. I don't give a shit. I'll be a because better Charles Gunner and Donald Lake because than Because Leonard had no empathy. It wouldn't matter no. if it was a sibling. It wouldn't matter if somebody was walking across the fucking street. He did not have any fucking kind of empathy grown no. into him. No, he, had, he, he, he looked at killing Charles Gunner. The same way as he did killing his own flesh and blood. Did not matter to Leonard Lake. Yep, absolutely not. So, in um, April 1984, Jeffrey Askren, age 30, 
was so, killed. I see that we just have the stats there. Do we not really know why? No. Do we know if Ing was out quite yet or at the cabin yet during this? We just don't know? No, no. It's just date. Uh, literally, it's month, year, and who was killed, what their age was at this point in time, unfortunately. Um, again, that's why I wanted to um, kind of preface it this section as like, he is more of an opportunistic killer. So I feel that even when he got to the point where Ing was actually finally out and living with him, he's like, hey, this would be beneficial. Hey, the, uh, it certainly seems I know like this late- is not a female, but, you know, he's got money and his, you know, maybe his picture ID looks more like me. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure I it out. I would certainly say, Lake was in charge of all this shit. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking Ing. Ing's just as guilty for his part in it, but Ing was his toady. Yeah. Ing was another, in all honesty, Ing was someone that Lake saw opportunity in being able to influence and guide. He was kind of his toady, his stooge, his right-hand man. Yeah. He was more valuable to Lake alive, alive than, than dead. dead. Yeah. Otherwise, Leonard Lake would have fucking killed yeah. him quick once he got there. Yep, exactly. And, and, and again, you're going to find out, because I mean, there's a lot of shit out there about Leonard Lake and Charles Ing. But almost all of it revolves around their early life before they got together and the shit that's on the actual Miranda tapes. Again, you can find these on YouTube. Uh, they, To the best of our knowledge, nothing leaked off of these actual tapes. you got to be careful because you thought for a second that some tapes had leaked beyond it. Because the documentary. It turns out yeah. it was a faux documentary horror movie where they were splicing in real footage and then had actors reenacting the shit that, like, you know, the FBI and all of them had came out and said it happened, but was never actually exposed. I think it was actually called, like, the Miranda Tapes or something like that, but it's yeah. an actual film. But you can find all the stuff that's out there. It's, it, it is sick and degrading, but it's nothing near the depravity of what these two men were actually pulling off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but, but those are what you're going to find. You're going to find out about Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. You get a lot of uh, pre-story to before they met. Then everything solely focusing on the Miranda tapes. But there is some holes like we were just talking about with Jeffrey Askren. He's a confirmed victim, but there's just not fucking no. much known. And I would guess, I would venture to say at this point, they weren't really getting into the videotaping aspect of it. No. Clearly, Lake wasn't doing that prior. I, most of the ones that are actually on we'll film is the females. That actually, we'll actually find out why. All later. right, then I'll yeah, shut yeah, my yeah. mouth and let you continue. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, don't so- you. You start <laughs> talking to me like that, and we're going to have to turn this podcast off. And- <laughs> Finish these shit. beers and see what happens. <laughs> go ahead, though. Go ahead. So, like he was just saying, um, Jeffrey Askren, April of 19, uh, 1984. July 12th, 1984, Donald Gioletti, 36, and Richard Carezza were shot by a supposed Asian man who broke into their apartment and robbed them. Gioletti died, but Carrazza survived and later identify, uh, identified Ing as his assailant, but nothing came of it. Just going to put that oh, out there okay. now. July 25th, like only like a less than a week later, July 25th, 1904. Lake- no, you're like two weeks later. Is it? 12th to 25th. That's 13 days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. a couple God weeks, damn. almost two weeks later. My math was bad. That's not good as me. You're uh, good. good on me you're as good. An Asian. You're good. So, Go ahead. Lake and Ing, they abducted and killed the Dubs family. Harvey Dubs, 25. He was 29, fa- 29. 29. He was the father. Deborah Dubs, 33, mother. 
Sean Dub's 11-month-year-old son. Now, 11 do, month, yeah. do you know for sure, was was Deborah one of the, because if I'm not mistaken. She was on, one of the ones on the tapes. Okay, that leaked? Yeah. Okay, because I remember there was one where, and again, we didn't want to put, the, we, we, we'll give you the audio if we have to kind of track it down. We'll talk about the pictures, we have to track it down. Otherwise, I'm telling you, like everything that's that's publicly leaked to the best of our knowledge about these tapes, you can find on YouTube. It doesn't really show much. There's a lot of fucked up talking there, and now knowing what they went through off camera, and I promise you, those they exist somewhere. They're just they just never leaked. Uh, whatever leaked was just enough to do this. Um, but I remember there was one where they were really talking, you know, pretty hardcore to the mom ab- about the fact that the kid was already dead. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, fuck me, man. Uh, so, yeah, Joe, let's get into October of 1984. We're talking so just, same just two God or three da- months yeah, later. Same goddamn year. Uh, Randy Johnson, 34, confirmed kill. November 2nd, 1984. Paul Costner, 39, confirmed kill. Right. January 20th, 1985, Clifford Parents Howe confirmed kill. February 24th. These are all dudes. Yep. Yeah. That's where I say it. This is all all money, maybe IDs. But I will say this. Benefits. I will say this. When it comes to the Miranda tapes, if they would have done anything sexually perverse with any of those males... They would have never videotaped it. No. Because they're way too egotistical. They're way too maniacal. They're way too misogynistic. To be Everything like, oh, I'm interested in fucking that dude's ass, uh, but I'm not going to tape it. Yeah, yeah. Who? There's really no telling what the fuck went on outside of the tapes. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're dealing with the, the, the early and mid-80s, so, and you And you're know, talking about highly decomposed bodies, things yeah, that have been burned no telling, and disposed of. Right. But, there's no way to but know. But what they wanted to film was them depraving the women. Making them sexual slaves, letting the women know what they had done to them and all of that other shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, that brings us to January 20th of 1985, ringing in the new year, celebrating a couple of weeks, yep. getting through the holidays, and there goes Clifford Parental, yep. January then, 20th. Yeah, so February 24th, 1985, Jeff Gerard, 23, April 12th, 1985, Michael Carroll, 23. April 14th, like literally two days later, Kathleen Allen, aged 18. Now, she is, again, she is part of the Miranda tapes. She is. Okay, okay. Yeah, she is. April 19th, five days later, Lake now, and Ying abducted and killed the Bond now, family. Now, I, 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 know, I know for a fact yeah. Brenda is on the leaked ones. Yep. And she may actually be the one I'm thinking of. I, I, I am tipsy. We're recording this. Short hair, being like, is she what the happened one? to my kid? Okay, then yeah. that's the that's the fucking that's one, the one I remember. That's the one that's really easily to be able to find, and it fucking breaks your heart. It really is. She the one it, they also in the videos that also shows her chained to the bed, face down. Face down. Yeah. That's Brenda. Okay, yeah, that's Brenda. Uh, yeah. So that's so the, you got the dad, Lonnie Bond, 27 years old. Uh, he was pretty much immediately disposed of once they kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brenda O'Connor, 19th, uh, or sorry, 19, she was the mother. And Lonnie Bond Jr., the son, two years old. They they, they talk about it on the tapes about the so fact that I Lonnie's killed. So I will say this, that this is how much more fucked up and depraved it is. Ugh. 
I'm sorry. No, no, no. We spread the dread whether we I like know. it or not. Get at it. So, from what I could understand, this is only hyperbole because I couldn't confirm it with more than two sources. Fair play. Lonnie Bond had actually just went through his second birthday. Lonnie like, Bond Jr. Yeah, Lonnie Bond Jr. So, he had, he had just... just turned two years old and he had been invited, or uh, Lake's, uh, Lake had been invited to the birthday party. So, he knew them. Yeah. They were neighbors. Yeah. And, and as you know, on, on anything we do, if we're naming people, those are the confirmed. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, we're talking about, oh, there may be another one. No, if we're naming the names, these were confirmed. These were in the court cases. They were more than likely convicted of them unless there was circumstantial evidence or they just couldn't do it. But they, 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 every, for all intents and purposes, when we have a name, it, it's fucking legit. Yeah. It's fucking legit. So, yeah, these guys legitimately killed a kid under the age of one and a kid who had just celebrated his second birthday. And that brings us still, Joe, to now. April so, so, 19th. yeah. Was it the same day? Yep. Yep. So they kidnapped a family and kidnapped. So, Robin Stapley. Uh, was uh, this is a guy? Yeah, I know the name throws us off, but he was actually really close friends with Lonnie and had been staying with them for like a short period of time. I don't know why, but he was also part of the people that were abducted. Ah, yeah. So he yeah. was just straight murked. Yep, straight murked. Jesus effing fucking Christ. So that brings us into their rest. Yeah. Now Charles Ing. His kleptomania was their downfall. You can't trust the thief. Yeah. You can never trust he the fucking thief. He has always stole. No, nah, yeah. He loves to fucking just fucking take shit without fucking paying for it. And again, this was his downfall. So on June 2nd, 1985, okay. Lank and Ng entered the South City Lumber Store in San Francisco. An employee observed Ng stealing a $75 fucking vice and called the police. Okay. Like, for everything that you have fucking done up to this point, why do you still get a fucking thrill it's off just, of stealing a goddamn like, $75 fucking vice? Well, it's just like, what was it? Uh, the Son of Sam, Dave, Daisy, David Berkowitz. Yeah. Well, it, it was either him or fuck. Maybe it, it was either. I know this is like different coasts and different ones. It was either him or Ramirez. They got caught for fucking parking tickets. It, it, like Berkowitz. The, it was Berkowitz. I, I thought no, it yeah, was. It wasn't like Ramirez. The fuck, it was Berkowitz. Like, that's what brings you down. Like, yeah. I guess you're just so fucking devoted to your craft. You can't fucking focus on anything else, you yeah, dumb nothing shit. Nothing benign. I mean, it's good for everybody well, in the area. That, yeah. You know, how many more victims would Berkowitz have had or would Ing and Lake have had if, if they weren't also a, fucking... If he was organized enough to pay his goddamn parking tickets, bro, I'm gonna tell you he'd what, have probably been still fucking killed up until the day he died. That's just like, what was it like? What was it? Uh, BTK and oh, the Green River. Green Those River, Those were organized yeah. fucking serial killers and they got away with it for fucking yeah. decades. Not our boys, Leonard Lake and Charles Ing, Joe. No, no, no. So, like I said, the employee observed Ning, or Ng stealing that $75 vice. He called the police. He ended up confronting them, or for, uh, confronting Ng, but Ng tossed the vice into the trunk of their car. So, he's after pass, he was already <laughs> past checkout. He's like, fuck it. And he threw it into the back end of the car, and then he fled on foot. Did, did what we call in the South an old-fashioned ski-daddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he literally like popped the trunk. This dude's coming up to me. He's like, "Well, fuck you! I already done paid for it. Slung in the trunk, 
and then just fucking hold fucking Le- Leonard, ass. Take, take the vice, Leonard. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. So police yeah, yeah, arrive. Yeah, yeah. The police yeah. show up. Yep. They looked into the car's trunk, saw the vice along with a 22 caliber pistol with an illegal fucking silencer. Uh, at this, like, at that how point, goddamn stupid are you? At that point, you should have just had like a severed human leg yeah. that you threw the vice on, and you're just like, oh, I don't know how that got there, officer. Uh, fucking idiots, man. Yeah. And that's, that's where it always... Because most serial killers have, especially when they've gotten away with, you know, several murders. Yeah. I'm talking one or two. They get this Pompous. overblown sense of confidence. No uh-huh. one's going to catch them. And of course that makes sense because you kind of got to be a sociopathic narcissist to even become a serial killer. Or you kind of develop a sociopathic narcissism after you've gotten away with a few murders and you get kind of fucking, you feel like, oh, I'm fucking above all this shit. Yeah. So right in tail with their characteristics, Lake said it was just a misunderstanding. He had already paid for the vice. Uh, but, but you're talking about Leonard Lake. Leonard Lake literally may be the most pompous fuck <laughs> that we've talked about this entire yeah. fucking podcast so far. I, I never for a second... Until An up ego and, bigger than yes, his dick. Yes, <laughs> dude. Way bigger than his dick. I don't even need to see Leonard Lake's dick to know that that motherfucker was pushing a mean four and a half to five inches tops. And I'm talking about fucking swollen, pulsatingly hard four and a half to five inches. You No, 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 no. I'll fucking, ta- I'll fucking defend that till my fucking grave, fucking dreadheads. Yeah, so Lake was arrested immediately for possession of an illegally modified fucking weapon. The officers, though, noticed that Lake looked nothing like his driver's license. <laughs> I'm sure the fake IDs he kept were way more flattering looking <laughs> than what this motherfucker looked like in the mirror. But the ID he was caught, uh, caught with was that of Robin Stapley, a man reported missing by his family That was the one. That was the, that was the guy who was taken in. With the, the family. Bond, family, Bond family, that was yep. the last round of victims. So I imagine yep. you got fucking Robin Stapley, probably got a fucking full head of quaffed, gorgeous, blondish <laughs> brown, strawberry blonde hair, nice and fit. Looks like the kind of guys you would see fucking working out on the public be- uh, gyms on Venice Beach. Then you got Leonard Lake. The pudgy fuck receding hairline fucking Vietnam War veteran who looked like he belonged in a fucking Inupat fucking village in Alaska more than he did in California. And Leonard looked at that idea and went like, that's a fucking dead ringer. And I bet Charles Ng was just like, I got to get ready to run this dude. This dude is fucking, he's got, he, no, that looks nothing like you at all. Now, on top of all this, the gun was also registered, registered to Stapley. It was also God. registered to him. Yeah, I live exactly. on the East Coast in the South. You might get away with that here. I'm going to fuck you if you're at the tippy top of the fucking northern, western coast <laughs> of America. That's like, and if you're liberal, I love you. I'm not saying it, but that's liberal alley. Cali, Oregon, Washington? No. No. Do not fuck around with a gun that is <laughs> registered with somebody else. I don't give a fuck if it's the 80s, You're the asking 90s. For death row. You are done, <laughs> son. So on top of this, the car was registered to Paul Costner, 
who had disappeared after leaving his apartment to show the car to a potential client or like I potential love when they, buyer. They, they, they literally just drove like three murder scenes <laughs> to the fucking hardware store to steal a vice. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That 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 right there, Dreadheads, is proof. White trash, trash power <laughs> exist everywhere. everywhere. If you think white trash is solely in my southern neck of the woods, mm-hmm. this motherfucker drove a stolen car from one victim containing an illegally modified firearm in the trunk from a different victim to go steal a $75 vice from a hardware store. You know but, who? But, you know, no, no, no. All right, but the I'll best stop, thing, I'll stop. No, the best no, part I'll of stop. it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. no, the license plate was registered to Are Lottie Bond. Sh- yes, yes, yes. Yes, they connected themselves to like three goddamn victims by the moment they fucking left their driveway and parked in that lumber store fucking parking lot. You know, yes, motherfucker. You know, this is further proof. Further proof. I I love. I'm I'm I I'm not. <laughs> there's no white power in me because I'm a mongrel <laughs> like most white people. But I I don't have a problem. I don't feel any white guilt. I'm fine with being white. You know me. But this is the kind of shit right here. You don't right look here. white, especially when you had your mustache and a little bit of tan. Oh, my God. Just saying. The porn stash <laughs> and fucking, like, the pool at the YMCA, I'm going to post that picture now. <laughs> I, look like a, I look like a chubby machismo, and there's nothing you could do about it, and I fucking own it, because literally my ancestry, we left Europe, and we decided to bang everything that wasn't white until we <laughs> ran out of Cherokee Indians in South Carolina. However, Ing... For once in probably his entire life, was the only smart person involved in this. And because he, he fucking, Because he ran. He, all he did to be the, the most brilliant person involved was fucking, as I said prior, pull an old school southern skedaddle and fucking bounce. Leonard Lake saw his Asian accomplice tearing ass across the parking lot. And his fucking superior, fucking receding hairline white self said, yeah, this car's from one victim. The plates are from another. The illegally modified gun's from another. Yep. I got this. So, no, he didn't. Lake. He thought he did. No, Lake got into custody and immediately admitted to his real identity. And not only his own, but fucking Ings. He was like, fuck it. I'm done caught. Then after this, well, at least he was smart enough to realize that the fucking he, the fucking jig was up. Oh yeah, it was done. Done, it son. Was done. You got that, three murder scenes in one car. Yeah. So the moment he identified himself and Ing, he asked for a pencil, a piece of paper, and a glass of water. He was left alone in an interrogation room. He wrote a letter to his ex-wife, then swallowed a cyanide pill capsule he had actually had hidden in his jacket. The letter. That's quotes. a white. I'll, I'll say that's a white ass thing to constantly roll. I'm gonna assume a, a members only jacket because it was white in the '80s. But it just constantly roll with a sign. No, I think it was you. a Letterman jacket that he like, no. shittily hand stitched a fucking pocket that into it. That dude never. That dude didn't even fucking participate in high school. No, band. I didn't say that. No, I think no. he bought it at Goodwill. Oh, no, no, you know Army Navy. Yeah, it was an Army. Yeah, Navy. there you Not go. Not even from when he dishonorably no. served. No, he went and bought it one. at the Army surplus but store. But that's a white ass so thing to constantly roll around with a cyanide capsule. Lake was ready for what the fuck ever, and uh, he wrote a letter. Joe, tell us what he wrote in his letter. Oh yeah. To uh, Cricket, dear Lynn, I love you. I forgive you. 
Freedom is better than all else. I'm sorry, Mom, Patty, and all. And then pop that goddamn cyanide pill. Lake uh-huh. was rushed to Kaiser Hospital where he was pronounced dead on June 6th of 1985 now lake admitted uh he admitted his real identity and all that other stuff um so while the cops were examining the car that he had showed up in again the triple crime scene on fucking wheels (laughs) that we were talking about um while they were fucking examining that investigators found a bullet hole in the car's roof Blood splatter, a stun gun, and ammo. So we said three crime scenes. He basically packed up the cabin (laughs) into a fucking car and decided to go steal a vice. And exactly, he's like, "Fuck all the forensic science." He was like, "You know what? I'm gonna put. I'm I'm gonna put my entire police record. (laughs) I know Ings gonna steal something. Fuck it. We might as well just go down and Ings gonna gonna book it. So I got my cyanide pill. We're good to go." under the passenger seat, they found a utility belt with Lake's ex-wife, Clarelyn Ballas, a.k.a. Cricket, with a Wilseyville address. Yeah, now, this on- is the Calaveras County cabin. Gotcha. That's what it is. Uh, June 4th, 1985, Joe investigators searched the Wilseyville cabin, the Calaveras County mm-hmm. cabin. Uh, which is with, what? Which is his ex-wife's property? Right. They she stayed wasn't amicable. there. She wasn't yeah, there no, at this no. point. He rented it from yeah, her. They stayed That's friends. All, she let him. She, she was looked just at like, him. "Fuck it, go, go." I don't give she a shit. She looked at him. Was like, "This motherfucker's never going to be better than what the fuck he is. The least I can do is give him a shitty cabin." Uh, but but they had Cricket uh, Ballas' permission to search. Yeah. Uh, they discovered video equipment, Joe. Uh, belonging to Harvey Dubs. I'm going to guess this is the roughly Dubs when... family. Yeah, this is roughly when they started filming shit because yeah. they they got their hands on it, uh, who had vanished along with his wife and his son. They found vehicles belonging to the Bonds and Stapley uh, parked on the property. Uh, Bond rented a house just 50 yards from Lake's cabin with his girlfriend, Brenda, as Joe had said earlier, Brenda O'Connor and their son. Uh, Stapley, who was also a friend of Bond's, had been staying at the house. Detectives found the house empty and the rent unpaid for several months at this point. Now, Joe, next to the driveway stood a cinder block bunker that had been constructed by Lake, a.k.a. the dungeon that he had been constructing while Ng was in prison. Investigators found tools, handcuffs, Women's clothing, now that's important to mention, and makeup. Women's clothing and makeup, which is important to remember, because we said their M.O. was not about, they had no, they didn't give a shit about who they killed. Yeah. But who they, they were focused on was the who women. Who they enslaved was the women. Exactly, which is why they found the women's clothing and the makeup. Now, on a wall was a list of typewriter written rules for the female captives to follow and pictures of 21 women in various poses, various uh, stages of being nude and not nude, yada, yada, yada. Behind one of the walls, Joe, through a hidden door was a tiny windowless cell with a small mattress and a bucket toilet. Women were held in this cell as Lake's prisoner as part of what he himself had dubbed with his uh, fucked up yep, yep. Vietnam riddled fucking I'm better than everybody mind, he had dubbed himself as 
Operation Miranda. Exactly. So the police unearthed approximately 45 pounds of burned and crushed human bone fragments corresponding to a minimum, Joe, of 11 bodies. Exactly. So in addition to Bond, O'Connor, the Dubs, their children, other victims, including Paul Costner, uh, Randy uh, Jacobson, Mike Carroll, Kathy Allen, Jeff Gerald, Robin Stapley, Clifford Pertow, and relatives, on top of all this, relatives and friends who would come looking for Bond and O'Connor and at least two gay men. They, so they, it's all thrown in. Yeah, yeah. They just got like a big-ass pit of fucking remains that they kind of did. They also found a hand-drawn quote-unquote treasure map leading them to two, leading the authorities now, to two buried five-gallon buckets. One contained envelopes with names and IDs, suggesting the total number of victims was closer to the mid-20s, Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bucket two contained Lake's handwritten journals from 83 to 84 and two tapes documenting the torture of two women. Joe, tell us about those. These are the Miranda tapes. Yep. So tape one, labeled M Ladies, Miranda Ladies. Charles Ng is seen telling Brenda O'Connor as he cuts her shirt off with a knife, quote, quote, you can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do any good. We are pretty cold-hearted so to speak. And this is the stuff I'm telling you. You can find it on YouTube right now. There's tons of channels that have, there's really nothing that would violate any kind of shit on YouTube where you couldn't see it. That's why we didn't include it in this. We didn't want to waste your fucking time. No. You're here to hear us drunkenly stamble on. Yep. But, but yeah, Joe, go go ahead uh, with another part of the tape with Kathy Allen. Yeah. So she's seen seated in a chair with Leonard Lake warning her, quote, if you don't go along with this, we'll probably take you into the bed, tie you down, rape you, shoot you, and bury you, end quote. And the oh. other, Deborah Dubbs, is shown being assaulted so severely that she, quote, could not have survived, Now, that's part, that's part of the tapes you will not find. No. That's kind of, that kind of, the, the descriptor kind of leaked out about the, the part involving From the Deborah California Dubbs. State Sheriff's. Yes, yes, yeah. but that's. You're, you can easily find the stuff that involved Brenda O'Connor and Kathy Allen. So getting back to Ng and the fact that he's already fucking fled. Post-ski-daddle. Yeah. We're back to Ng. <laughs> yeah, we're back there. Leonard Lake's dead. He chewed his cyanide tabinet. Well, Ng has been ski-daddling has, for days. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Ng, after he fled the lumber yard, arrived at Cricket's residence and told her that he had to leave town immediately. Bows his Cricket drove him to the San Francisco International Airport where he boarded a flight Are to Chicago. Going <laughs> to San Francisco? Please be sure you're skedaddling a crime scene. <laughs> Fuck off. So he boarded a flight to Chicago as, quote, Mike, uh, Mike, Kamoto. Which I'm going to tell you right now, that's like a white guy trying to feign Asian. That's a racist ass <laughs> fucking pseudonym. And if Ing, if you listen to this in the prison you're currently in, that is offensive 
to me, and you're he's talking to John of raped. STD. Just, huh? He's too busy being raped. I hope he's getting a fucking pin cushion like a motherfucker right yeah. now, but he's 60. That shit's all blown out and prolapsed <laughs> at this point. So once he uh, boarded this flight to Chicago, uh, once he arrived in Chicago, a friend of his drove him from Chicago to Detroit and across the border into Canada. He settled into Calgary, Alberta, and he lived undetected until his kleptomania fucking caught him up. Let's let that sink in, okay? Yes. He arrived with a guy who had like four different crime scene evidences in the car, stole something, ran away, got to Canada. Got a dumb white bitch to fucking drive to an airport. Could not stop being sticky-fingered enough to not get fucking caught. Yeah, so July 6th. Again, I hope there is a cock in his (laughs) ass and mouth right now. I hope there's spit fire in that motherfucker (laughs) right now. You deserve it. And to the fellows enjoying Charles Ng, God bless you and Godspeed. (laughs) Pulling an Ng. So July 6th, 1985, he was arrested. Arrested after shooting a security guard, Sean Doyle, in the hand. Not even a good shot! While resisting arrest for stealing a can of salmon. Really? I don't, don't, maybe Calgary. Are you fucking that dumb? I I don't know what kind of salmon Calgary cans. So I'll be fair to our Canuck listeners. It can't be good enough to get... Caught it's definitely that. nobody can salmon that's worthy of shooting a man in the hand for. Thank I'll you. tell you that right now. But again, this is the level. This I'm t- this We're is why eluding arrest for as long as you did. Really, that can of salmon. Well, was to that be fair, it good? wasn't. It wasn't that long. When 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 did he flee? What was it? Was it eighty? Yeah, it was. It was same year, but a couple of months later. Yeah, so I mean, he barely got up there and was just like, so I just really need. To steal. I really need some fucking canned salmon. <laughs> and he decided, hey, you know, it's worth shooting a guy for. Uh, this is why I tell, as I said earlier, Leonard Lake was clearly the fucking ringleader. Charles Inc. was the toady. He was the stooge. He was technically, I guarantee you, had, had a lower had, IQ. Had sorry, Leonard, Asians. He was of the lower IQ. He's a disgrace to everything yep. racially insensitive about his people. But I will say this, Joe. Had Leonard Lake not gotten caught, Charles Ng would eventually be the patsy. Lake would have gotten oh, yeah, away yeah. and everything would have went down against Ng. Yeah, no. If, if Lake had been able to get back to the cabin and destroy yeah. what little bit of like visceral evidence certainly once it gone. that's He'd assuming lake lake would have gotten his feel of doing it he may not have oh. he may have never gotten it but had he ever got his feel charles ing was gonna take the fall like a motherfucker i think that's the only reason he was ever swooped up into the crimes yeah that's all it was a dumbass toady that's yeah. all it was yeah, he's like oh you're moldable so in december of 1990 or 1985 uh ing was convicted of shoplifting assault with a weapon and possession of a concealed firearm and sentenced to four and a half years in prison. After serving his sentence, he remained incarcerated pending an extradition request from California authorities. Ng fought a protracted legal battle against extradition or extradition on the grounds that Canada, which did not have the death penalty, death penalty for most offenses, but he w- well, yeah, the, it would it basically him going to California while living in Canada to stand trial for what he obviously so knew was going to eventually Canada's lead laws. to a, it was going to lead to a death penalty yeah. possibility yeah. would be a violation of Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms by permitting him to stand trial in California for capital murder. 
uh, on September 26th. Well, now we're in a 91. Yeah. So we're like five, six years down the road. The Supreme Court of Canada deported Ng to California within an hour of ruling. Now, let they that like, sink he in. Served his, he served his sentence. Yeah, Hands he's paid. Yeah, he's, he's paid his debt to Canada for fucking shooting a guy for salmon. Eating That's a big offense up there. Now we're gonna s- now we're gonna send him to California and let that motherfucker pay the piper down there and wash our Canucky hands over it and get back to hockey and maple syrup like we fucking love, and Brian Adams tunes. So motherfucker, this brings us right into the goddamn trial. Yeah. Finally, in Paying the state the of fucking California. Ng was indicted on 12 counts of first-degree murder. He bitched a lot, though, while he was being on trial. He bitched about the food. He bitched about the fact that, you know, shit wasn't soft enough for his fucking yellow ass. Like, I don't even know. Like, but there was a lot of fucking bitching. And he was able to pull along that legal status. Just trying to just trying to basically... Stretch it out gotcha. and live as long as he possibly well, yeah, could. Ng actually went through 10 attorneys, some of whom ended up defending him a second time. But pussy. Joe, that final... What a fucking pussy. Yeah, yeah. He, well, you know, it is what... Again, this is, we're talking about a guy... You can make... You can doing the, people, he's doing a verbal ski die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can take life but can't fucking own up to it. You know, it's really a bad thing when you make Leonard Lake look like a badass taking a cyanide pill. And that's where Charles Ng's at. But that finally brings the show to October of 1998. The trial finally begins. It's a little over seven years after they finally shipped his ass down to California. Now, Ballas Cricket, she cooperated with investigators. And received immunity from prosecution. Now, we will never know what Cricket knew. Did she visit? Did she know whatever? There was never any evidence to suggest one way or the other. However, all of this did take place on property that she owned. So, regardless of how much or how little, maybe she was 100% innocent. Maybe she was 100% guilty. Again, she found commonality with Leonard Lake. I don't give a fuck what you did. You're guilty of something at that point. But she, she, I honestly suspect her a lot more because court records stated that Ballas Cricket turned over weapons and other materials during the investigation. Oh, yeah. That makes me believe she knew what the fuck was up. She at least questioned it in the back of her head because I don't give a fuck. If you know Lake and Ink ain't barely fucking working and they show up with a fucking extra $100 that they can't account for, they can show up with a $500 fucking gun Bitch, you know what the fuck was happening well, down there, but you weren't willing to fucking question. And it. there's always the question of the fact. I mean, we know that she she was she was down with Leonard Lake. If Lake was on trial, and pillow talks though. But and if Lake talks. was on trial, would she have cooperated? We don't know. She has no attachment to Ink. Ing's the only one on trial. Leonard Lake took a cyanide pill while in custody. He's fucking done and dusted. He never. Stood trial for any of this fucking shit. He completely scapegoated, took the pussy way out. In my opinion, if you're going to be a serial killer, at least fucking face the music, motherfucker. But he took that out. So we never will know if Cricket would have been this uh, involved and uh, cooperative with authorities had Leonard Lake actually lived. But there is no reason to suggest that that Cricket Ballas had any kind of empathy, sympathy, or giving a shit fuckery for Charles Ng, who was basically, that was the only person she was selling out in all this, and she was doing it for immunity. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, she was called as a key witness in Ng's trial. 
And despite video evidence and in leaks volumes of journals, Ng mentioned that he was merely an observee. The stated Lake planned and committed all the kidnappings, rapes, and murders unassisted, and he maintained he was dependent upon Lake for direction. The abuse he suffered from his father was a factor, and that was his modus operandi. Well, and again, that's the thing. All right, so now out of all these tapes, again, you're going to find like six to eight minutes of the leaked shit. To, my, to the best of my recollection, I don't even think you see Ng on the tapes. If you do, Ng is not the one talking. Ng was straight up toady. He may be honest. Ng may have never taken, I don't think for a second, he didn't take place in at least the rapes and some of this other shit. Even if just got sloppy seconds. Even if we take him at his word that he followed Lake's direction, I would imagine Lake commanding him to do stuff. Uh, but but this is this is Ing basically saying no. I was a toady. I was a stooge. I didn't do this again. We're talking about well, we're talking about a lot of filmed stuff that we as a public will never get to see. That may have been to contrary, but for what is out there, Joe. Ng's not really on it. Now, the psychiatrist, Stuart Grassian, testified that Ng had dependent personality disorder, duh, but admitted he had not viewed the tapes showing Ng participating in the crime. So uh-huh. there we go. Ding, 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 not, ding. Again, you're not going to find that I shit on the public psycholo- stuff. A psychiatrist's opinion because he could, didn't have the stomach to watch the fucking videos. Fuck him. Though. Right. Clinical psychologist Abraham Nivod agreed with the diagnosis and Ng's behavior in the tapes indicated that he was attempting to mirror Lake's actions in order to please Lake. Again, we're, we're not, we've talked about psychology before. That's a, a, an art form. That's science trying to explain the unexplainable because you can have somebody who grows up in the exact same way as somebody else fucked up though it may be and they, com- they completely act two different ways as adults. Um, but, but so that was what happened when they were reviewing everything, um, when it came to Charles Ng. Now, four prison guards, two deputies, a prison library employee, and one prison counselor testified that Ng was a model prisoner. He was completely fine apart from his bitchery when he got in there. Four former Marines who knew Ng while he was serving testified that he was quiet and well-behaved. Ng's parents, Joe, both testified about his troubled childhood and expressed remorse for their son's actions. But didn't disclose anything about the father's possible physical actions, leading us to believe that they are a family of scapegoats. Well, yeah. Yeah, the father's not going to own up to any kind of involvement of, like, bad behavior towards his son, malevolent behavior towards his son. He's just a fucked up kid. That's and, all he is. But they, but but don't shed any bad light on me. No, there, no. The, there's um, a trend line there. They, they were testifying uh, uh, for their son and expressing remorse for his actions to cover themselves. Yep. Uh, and then again, and now here we go, Joe. Here's the here's the the fucking <laughs> the fucking cherry on top of a stupid fucking Sunday that no is Charles Ng. Ng insisted on taking the stand in his own defense, which allowed prosecutors to introduce additional evidence that helped define Ng's role in all aspects of the crime. Now, Joe, one significant item was a photo of Ng's cell with cartoon sketches 
of victims hanging on the wall because fucking he's an idiot. Because he's an ego fucking maniac. I think With Leonard a super Lake was an inflated I, I sense know. of fucking self. We'll agree to disagree. He probably I think, thinks his dad's going to bail him out at some no, point. No, I, I think Leonard Lake w- was everything you just said, and I think Charles Ng was a fucking idiot, and, you know, that's whatever. But now Ng managed to obtain the phone number of a juror. Yeah. And yes. called to unsuccessfully attempt a mistrial. Which brings us to February of 1999, Joe. Where Ng was convicted of 11 of the 12 fucking homicides. Six men, uh, six men, three women, and two male infants. Fuck. Jurors found him not guilty of the murder of Paul Costner, although they, dr- uh, they drove Costner's car for like seven months. And his Costner's license had been found at the property, but Ng was sentenced to death. The judge rejected to reduce the sentence to life imprisonment. Quote, Mr. Ng was not under any duress, he said, nor does the evidence support that he was under the domination of Leonard Lake Bucking, end quote. And Ng currently, as we said earlier, uh, remains on death row at San Quentin. He went Leavenworth and Sam Quentin. That dude, uh. that dude's just a fucking walking pincushion at this time. That's hard ass places, but he's on death row at San Quentin State Prison in California, who, as a state, has not executed anyone since the year 2006. So, Joe, that brings us to the end of our episode on the Miranda Tate murderers, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Yep. Uh, it was great to get to know more about this. Me and you have both seen, you know, the public leak footage and all that other stuff. Definitely found out some stuff about the early life and the trial that we didn't know before, which again, on Spread the a Dread. A documentary we didn't even know it actually was out there. It's not a documentary. It's a oh, pseudo documentary slash underground film footage thing, which you can bring up. It's called either the Miranda Tapes or the Miranda Murders. It's extremely well known or well, uh, uh, is extremely unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could probably find it on some streaming websites, probably on fduppmovies.com, which we, you know, we fucking love that website. Thanks, that's great. <laughs> yeah, you goddamn right. And congrats on the job again, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's the that's this week's episode of Spread the Dread podcast about Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Um, Joe, one more time. Where do they need to go to connect with us in any way, shape, or form? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. What are they going to find there, Joe? Directions to all our social media, as well as, as I can actually say, the only top-ish, most popular podcast platform applications, and our shop, and our donation tiers. And if you need to still hit me up, despite all the fucking shit I've already done for you, Hit me up on fucking Snapchat. You can also find direct links to our YouTube and bit shoot that Joe forgets every week without fail, but I constantly remind her. <laughs> but yes, the Spread the Dread shop is open. The donation tiers are there. Again, if you have donated to us through PayPal in the past, please hit us up on IG or Spread the Dread Podcast at gmail.com and remind us of that. We want to backfill. We want to do that. Don't think you're doing anything wonky. You fucking took a chance on us, and now that we have these tiers, we want to honor that shit. And again, thank you to everyone has do- who has donated so far, and to everyone who has bought stuff so far. To anyone who has posted uh, super spreader reviews, 
We got you. Those are going to get, I swear to God, they're getting mailed out this week. If you're listening to this, Greg Toxic, by the way, specifically, <laughs> you OG Call Dreadhead. The fuck out. <laughs> you OG Dreadhead who's just now getting around to giving us a review. That's our kind Thank of people you. right there, you slack motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get. Uh, Send in a screenshot of those reviews along with your mailing address, and we will give you an exclusive. This sticker's not on the shop. You can only get it by doing reviews. Yep. And it's the five-star super spreader stickers, so we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the shop's open. The donation's open. Again, don't forget to check out at Glore Ricky. He is the director of the upcoming indie horror film, All Your Friends Are Dead. And your true friends, John and Joe, are going to be getting dead in that in a post-credits fucking scene. So definitely check him out if you can't give any money towards it. We understand. But definitely follow and thumbs up and heart everything he does and spread the word on it. And if you can't shoot him any money, absolutely a worthy cause. Joe, did we cover everything? Yes, we did. And motherfucker, you got to wrap it up because I got to fucking pee. <laughs> the, beer, the, beers, the beers have finally hit, Joe. Again, thank you so much for joining us for this newest episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And you have a great day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And in the words of our man, Jack Torrance. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?